0: Shut up, I love it. Shut
1: up! I love it! Shut up! In a world of goblins and creatures and kings, shut up, I love it. I'm Joe Cabello, I'm here with.
0: Sasha Filer and we're here to talk about something underrated or underappreciated on this very podcast called shut up i love it just like joe likes to tell me Uh, (laughs) i have to remind you (laughs) he has to remind me shut up i love it everybody we've got a very special guest today he is a comedian improviser clown and a writer and his name is jonathan mcdonald welcome jonathan i love
2: it Hello, thanks for having me. Very excited to so have you. So
0: exciting. Uh, please tell us, Jonathan, what is it that you want to talk about today?
2: I'm here to talk about the 1988 classic movie, Willow. Willow. Yes, it is a classic.
1: So tell us, why is this classic with names attached to it? Yes. Ron Good, good names attached to this. Yeah, Ryan Howard, <laughs> Ron Howard.
0: George Lucas wow giving away everything right there <laughs> by the a- way lots of spoilers for willow if, if you guys haven't seen willow i suggest you go watch it come right back and tune in we'll be here waiting for you
1: yeah and maybe if you're like no never then you need to listen to this so that you could realize why you need to watch willow there you go Wheel-O. uh so why <laughs> is this a great topic
2: for the show so I think this is a, this movie has like a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think that puts it pretty bang on in like the controversial topic. There's not a great consensus on this movie. And it is the single movie that I personally have had to defend, to defend the most in my life. Like wow. mm. I've, every household I've lived in at some point, I like, movie night, we're all watching Willow. And at no point has that gone well. Uh, and I feel like that's sad.
0: Let's back up for a second. How many households yes. have you lived in in your life? <laughs> these these Willow-hating
2: households. Uh, It's not a huge, huge number. It's somewhere in the realm of four or five groups of people. So about 20 people in aggregate have seen this movie and not liked it with me. Yeah, and
1: I I can definitely feel that I've had those things in my life too. Yeah, where you're like, no, just personally, even I have (laughs) gotten enough empirical data to say that there's a problem here. Um, Yeah,
0: I think for me lately, it's been happening with disenchantment. And uh, Joe and I are friends with... um, a guy who is a storyboard artist, right? Well like kind of on it. Patrick, he wouldn't tell
1: you. He wouldn't he won't tell you tell what he is. He's very shy um, about that but stuff. But like
0: I constantly defend the show to people. People like it's not good, and I'm like, it is. But hey, speaking of goblins and disenchantment, what what is the deal with Willow? Can you give us a little premise, Jonathan, about this movie?
2: Yeah. So it's it's a Lucas film and I feel like it's Lucas's attempt to do lord of the rings yeah it's, it's a lot a like obviously that <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh this movie's not it's oh man it's, it's almost like the first new star wars movie where it has all of the same beats as pre-existing movies and they just made like new creatures like just reskin like it's new right it's created. it's like i mean we've seen this movie before you just called a you know a troll mm-hmm. made it harry now instead or something like that but instead of a ring we have a baby in this movie
0: well i, I i'm here you know i'm just gonna Cut right in here. Cut right into the meat. Open up the meat, and you know, take a <laughs> you know gulp of blood here, and tell you that I've never heard of this movie until John. Never Michael heard
1: of it watching. at all. You're I a robot chicken
0: writer, and you. The, uh, no, this is, no, we'll <laughs> never find out why I, I was working for Robot Chicken. Like, <laughs> no many, how many? <laughs> no matter no matter how long we're going to talk about we'll never find out because i was brought in on rubber chicken i was told as a wild card and that's a quote oh, so wow. uh, nobody expected me to have seen any of this um but but i am telling you like it's really hard like i mean i've lived like in america more now than i've lived in russia and i I, d- I have never heard of willow or like i've heard like just enough that i never thought i should find out what it is which is insane right because it's a really famous movie isn't it
2: i mean if you like hot young val kilmer he's in this movie oh. and he's shirtless in scenes so it's worth watching for that if nothing else and who
0: looks more <laughs> than like young val kilmer than joe than me, yeah I've, they used to call me <laughs> Iceman
1: at my movie theater job oh that's awesome uh, no, it's absolutely because of val kilmer everybody um, check
0: out joe's picks shirtless hopefully <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: yeah this i very intrigued by this choice because i think it is that movie that's like it's crazy how it's directed by ron howard story by george lucas you know the the effects are amazing and it is a movie that people talk about a lot and gets brought up in the cultural conversation but not despite in front of what me. sasha <laughs> says <laughs> but you know it's like one of those things if uh, people are geeking out about like Cool. These movies, like Oh Willow, or like you know, I, I hear it referenced a lot, but even me, someone who's watched a lot, I've I've watched Fire and Ice, you know, like mm-hmm. I've watched uh, a bunch of these. 80s era fantasy films, which were big. Like that, so many fantasy films came out in mm. the 80s. Golden
0: age of fantasy, you'd say?
2: I don't know because most of them are really <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, like Legend came out right before this, pretty shortly before this. The young Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Legend was uh, around that time. There was a lot of just like schlock movies too. So I'm like, I'm so into those. I watch them, but somehow I've never seen Willow in oh, my adult life. I've seen, I saw. It when I was a kid, mm-hmm. to the point where I, it's not worth even saying I saw it. You know, like the memory. You were baby, you yeah. were
0: yeah. You didn't. You couldn't speak at that point.
1: Who knows? I don't even know if I could. <laughs> the memories were not formed. <laughs> wow. uh, so and it's eluded me. I've just never gone to go watch it mm-hmm. at all. So I was very excited to see it. But that's kind of where I was at, and that's why I thought this is such a valid option because even me, a fan of fantasy and someone who will you know just put on anything from that era even with us with practical effects i have not seen it until today
0: today this morning
1: well for effect i said today <laughs> but really it was about a week ago
0: Yeah, uh, same but <laughs> okay wow so yeah jonathan what are your thoughts on that
2: um that's not terribly surprising i feel like most people like most people my age or younger haven't heard of it and jonathan and is 75 within,
0: just so you know i'm
2: 75
0: <laughs> <laughs> so and
2: if you're older than me you might have heard of it a lot of people just it's not well known which is surprising mm-hmm. to me given the names attached to it
0: so we kind of uh, figured out the genre easily and even maybe maybe like the story structure pretty much right there is star wars but with what looks like a ripoff of Lord of the Rings. Like a good, yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's
1: so funny now too, because they, I hear they're making a show or something like a Willow show. And Willow came out at a time before we had any proper Lord of the Rings or Hobbit film. Now we have. So do we need Willow (laughs) now? Like a new
2: Willow? Uh, Yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. Especially because as much as I love Val Kilmer, I don't, like seeing current Val Kilmer and things, because it makes me sad.
1: <laughs> hey, um, was it Magruber? He's very oh. cool,
2: good in MacGruber. Okay, I haven't seen MacGruber.
1: Oh, oh you'll love so. his performance in that. It might, it might be a, a good.
0: MacGruber a good is one of the best one. movies of all time. So you've got to watch MacGruber. Everybody.
2: I know it's the first uh, ever movie my roommates at the time got a cease and desist letter for downloading but uh, we never uh, watched uh, it. We downloaded uh, it, and then never watched
0: it. Oh, my God. That's a story in itself. <laughs> Almost did a federal
1: crime, but didn't watch it. <laughs> Almost, yeah, yeah. Now,
0: we've all mentioned Val Kilmer, like, up and down <laughs> here. But the movie was written for a very different actor, right? Like, for Warwick Davis, who plays the titular role on That's this right. film. So, what is this special flavor of this film in that sense? Would you say, Jonathan, or can you describe that to us?
2: Um, I'm not actually super sure what you're gunning for. So, so the main character is Warwick Davis, who uh, met Lucas on the set of the uh, third Star Wars film as because he played Wicket the Ewok. Um, so I almost, <laughs> uh, to get kind of like psychological about it, I almost feel like uh, Warwick Davis's character and Val Kilmer's character are kind of like, I don't know, ego-it or something of like a whole person. Because mm-hmm. like as a protagonist, Willow is you're supposed to be the Willow. Because it's like, I'm, I don't believe in myself. If I believe in myself, I can do good things. But he's, at the same time, like kind of annoying. And every action scene, his tactic is to hide and watch Val Kilmer do things. <laughs> and so, it is, it is, I don't know who you're supposed to be.
0: Yeah, I, I, what I was getting into is that the casting, of course, was... Uh, very much, like, if we're talking about hobbits that were made in uh, the 21st uh, century, I guess, the hobbit movies, they were, you know, like, obviously shorter, uh, uh, I don't know if it's race of people, what Tolkien, how to describe them, but um, they were cast by uh, uh, standard-sized actors. So for Willow, um, the village where Willow lives and comes from is all populated by... casted you know casted uh little people and Mm -hmm. i think i think there's something very like open-minded about it it's interesting it was interesting
1: mm -hmm. watching it now right like and seeing that like how many how many decades have passed since then and i don't think any movie has cast as many little people like this movie has more little people than it has uh uh, standard Standard. sized people Mm -hmm. You know that's so interesting and even though they're still like they're being treated as a different race or whatever it's in a world of giants and all these things so it feels a little softer than let's say the the people in wizard of
2: oz <laughs> you know where that was like this just seems like
1: making fun right. of these mm-hmm. people mm-hmm.
2: munchkins are like more caricatures and these are just like these are just people they live yeah. and they do things normal things and they have you know cultural and structure and all that stuff yeah Absolutely. i found that
1: striking
0: but it was interesting uh, to me, Jonathan, you said that Willow is the character. So now we get into the meat of like discussing the characters and the plot. And Willow, of course, is it's almost like you feel like he's like a passive character, right? Or did you, as I remember, you described him annoying. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I feel like as a as a kid, when I was watching this movie, um, like probably the first like adrenaline rush of this movie it happens kind of late in the movie but it's that chase scene from the inn with, with val kilmer and uh warwick davis on that cart being chased by people with yeah. horses and val Kilmer's like fighting and driving and going back and forth and trying to like, manage all these things at once and willow's doing a little bit of stuff he's just like like mad modigan wait stop you don't drive that fast with a baby it's just like he's like, he's like the c-3po kind of to val yeah Kilmer's you're party. like dude like, read just- <laughs> the
1: room we have
2: to <laughs> yeah. drive this fast <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's hard to empathize with him sometimes.
0: Well, he is a very nurturing character, right? The reason the little baby what is the name of the baby? Somebody uh, tell Elora Delanacht or something like that. There you go. Uh she Elora chose him to be like the person who guides her to this sacred place where she has to get And I already I, I never n- remember fantasy names, um, but she cho- cho- chooses him because he's, of course, kind at heart. He's pure of heart and he's extremely nurturing. Like he's the one that really cares about the safety of the baby. He's physically the one yeah. who handles the baby, even though in the very beginning when he meets the baby, <laughs> he doesn't want to have anything to do Throw with
1: Throw it down baby. the river. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like They're pretty violent. Hero, yeah. <laughs> And then of course Val Kilmer and I was I was actually surprised. Like I I on purpose didn't research much about this film. So I actually was very surprised that Val Kilmer like quickly became like the sec like, you know, the the, the good guy. I thought maybe he would be like one of the bad guys and that's gonna be fun too.
1: Yeah, can you talk a little bit about what your thoughts on uh the Mad Mardigan character? Because I feel like his his intro scene really he has such an a cre- incredible shift of character from his intro <laughs> scene to the rest of the movie that I I wasn't I was kind of jarred by it. But then I'm like, okay, he's he's a good guy. Uh, give us your take on that character.
2: Yeah, there are a couple of things like that, and I know this movie had a lot of stuff they had to cut and then kind of go back mm. in and like remove things for. Um, I I haven't that said I haven't heard anything about like Val Kilmer scenes getting cut because uh, yeah he he has. It's, he He starts really? off, it's almost like he's trying to be a, a Han Solo character. Like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm rough and tumble, I'm the smuggler. But it's even worse, because you meet him, and he's, like, in jail to die. Yeah. And, like, his teeth are all dirty, and he's, like, calling them pecs, which in this universe is, like, a racial slur, almost. Um, and they're like, well, you're a human, like, we'll give you the baby. And, yeah, I don't remember at what point... Uh, like, he just becomes good. Like, it, it's it's definitely a bit of a gradual change. Because, like, oh, no, you're going to follow me? Fine. We can walk together to the, to the lake. And then after the lake scene, he's just like, I'm with you guys. Like, they're chained together. And I guess they bond on that walk in a montage. But it's not really, like, on camera per se. Yeah. So it is a little jarring. And I
1: don't even, like, I don't even hate it or not like it. I kind of <laughs> like it. But it is a little weird the way he's acting in that first scene. And, like, he even grabs them. And, like, you, you feel like he's going to hurt them the
2: the world like tries Davis. to bluff them into helping him like if you don't let me free i'm gonna like yeah hurt you guys but it's like you're in a cage like what are you gonna do how's that gonna work and here yeah. i'm
0: gonna insert a little trivia for you guys val Kilmer um was as he was getting out of his crow cage between takes the chain snapped and the cage came down on his foot resulting oh. in a limp that could be evident in some of the scenes Oh, the feel. Just like very Tom Cruise like ra- ra- with, with
2: Vigo <laughs> breaking his toe on that helmet.
1: <laughs> what I do think is cool is they never really name the crime, and then he is—he mm. does know that soldier. So I feel the movie is smart in a lot of ways of giving us clues of like, oh, this guy's n- may not be bad because. He knows the soldier, and the soldier has low opinions yeah. of him. But there must be, st- I mean, something there.
2: It's kind of like a, a Conan the Barbarian character, where like he just does what he wants. He's like a force of nature, and like sometimes it doesn't uh, align with the laws of the land, as it were.
0: He's mm-hmm. definitely chaotic, like a neutral, rogue, good neutral good, like a rogue character. Yeah. Like if we're playing D and D, probably right. Like he'll be like a rogue, um, like with yeah. Some, yeah extra stuff thrown at him. I think this
2: movie is very D and D esque. Like it's D&D-esque. very silly and very yeah exposition-y sometimes.
0: So um, I don't know if we need to go through the plot. I can never remember how we do the sure. movie thing here. oh well, um, yeah,
2: it's it's guided by
1: whatever. I feel like with this movie though, there's some like you mentioned that chase scene that was your first like exhilaration moment <laughs> it's or like whatever forty minutes <laughs> in or something. Like yeah, that. Um, but I think the movie's plenty exhilarating before that. But I will say that is like such a awesome scene. That's such an awesome chase. Like the wagon's falling apart, which gives you a sense mm-hmm. of dread. Just because you're like, okay, when's the rest of it going to fall apart, maybe? <laughs> like, there's so much to that scene. It's very, very cool. There's so much to talk about with this movie, I think, of just gushing over it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and the effects are so uh, great. I mean, they really hold up. Like, we just like we need to mm-hmm. stop for a second and be like... I mean, except for like the final monster, the two-headed monster towards the end. That I think that even cartoonish. looks good.
1: I, I think it's, well, it, looks, I, it looks relatively good.
0: Yeah, it looks relatively good to our eyes. But other effects were just fine. Absolutely. Kevin great.
1: Pollock? Miniature Kevin Pollack <laughs> doing <laughs> some sort of
2: accent that I don't understand. <laughs> I'd watch a spin-off like a like a Rosencranton's are dead of those two characters. Absolutely. The Brownies. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: and what I guess one direction I want maybe want to push this into, other than just like gushing about some of these cool scenes and the effects is if we can all agree, maybe like there's a lot to love of this movie. Uh, what have you run into? Why are these people, these households, these various households that you <laughs> seem to live in? You're moving a lot. I don't know what crimes. You're a Mad Mardigan type of character to me. Well, you're if you're moving sitting around with your a lot.
0: very neutral background in this scene call, I don't know. You where could be where you in the are. cage.
1: I think you're in the crow's nest <laughs> there. But uh, um, what has generally been you, you people's reaction afterwards that you've come across?
2: That's a good question. I haven't... I'm not... Uh, I'm, I'm conflict adverse, so i never pressed anybody super mm-hmm. hard on, like, why they didn't like it. Because they usually just polite, like, like, it, it's okay. I'm like, okay, that's how mm-hmm. you feel. Um, but if I had to, like, really d- drill into that, I think um, the pacing is a problem. There's a lot of kind of slower moments. It does, it does a thing a lot of older fantasy and sci-fi movies do with... Um, it almost... It's like writing to the top of your intelligence, but too much. It's like, it's almost like there's like some book that it assumes the audience has read that doesn't exist that explains <laughs> a lot of the things. Like, oh, yeah, Nockmar soldiers. I know what that. Are. I know where Nakhmar is. Are those the good guys, the bad guys? I don't know. Like, just, just a lot of assumptions about things that we don't have. And I think people get lost and confused by that,
1: which is fair. Right. And sometimes their brain even just like
2: blocks that stuff
1: out. Right. The
2: fantasy like, stuff. Uh, one specific scene is uh, when the trolls first show up, like it's like those hairy figures crawling on a wall and under the bridge. you are like, like what are those? And they, I don't think they ever call them trolls, but it's like supposed to be like set up earlier in the movie mm-hmm. when Valkyrie steps in troll poop. But it's like there's never any, anything actually linking that those are the trolls. Yeah, yeah. which I the, like.
0: Yeah, I I like those trolls, but I wanted more of them. Like there were not enough of them. Like they were just like slightly yeah. popping up here and there throughout the battle scene. Um, but it's almost well, like they were teasing the second episode of If It Were TV Series. Willow like too. that's going to be, yeah, It's Willow coming too. out. I think this exactly. should have
2: been a, whatever a duology is. Not a trilogy, but I think there's enough there they could have made a, t- a two movie th- meal out of it.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, I like the, uh, the little sprinkles of information personally. I hate it. I don't read a lot of fantasy books because with a book, like you you have to remember the names there's nothing to connect (laughs) anything so it's really like tedious with a fantasy book to remember all this Mm -hmm. but for a movie like this i love it i think that's how movies should be instead of like adding 40 minutes to the runtime to explain each and every little thing but I, i could definitely see some people seem to be fantasy averse do you think a lot of it is like the
2: stigma against fantasy too probably probably it's still yeah, I mean I think <laughs> right. I think like in terms of fantasy movies that most people like, there's like less than five like there's like the Lord of the Rings, people don't even like the Hobbit Princess Bride I don't know there's not that many movies people just fantasy yeah, it's hard for to get mainstream fantasy appeal, I feel like
0: now yeah. speaking of uh, box office real quick when we uh, Joe jo, I don't know if you saw it in the, in the theater when you were like a tiny baby. Um, this film know. Uh, i
1: guaranteed as a two-year-old i think or a one-year-old i did not I see. see it in theaters but the home video like when i was four mm-hmm. or something
0: but the box office receipts were supposedly less than expected and i, I don't know if you guys yeah. knew that but so george lucas continued the story in books right we should mention that
2: there is a trilogy sequel like 15 years after the movie that i haven't read
0: Right so th- there's the uh, 1995, 1996 and 2000 books. So if you guys become really into oh. Willow, go out there and read those <laughs> books and come talk to us about well, them.
2: My my introduction to Willow before I ever saw the movie, I was in a used bookstore in Chico and I bought a trade paperback comic version of the movie. And I didn't know it was a movie. I was like this is great. And then I was young enough and I saw the movie. I was like how did they cast people who look just like the comic really? book? I didn't uh, get it yeah. until like later.
0: <laughs> and I think that the main character and, you know, first of all, the actor Warwick, he was only 17 years old when he played this character. Like, that blew my mind. I mean, first of all, he's adorable. Like, his face is just so (laughs) handsome and he's really great... protagonist. I thought like just his like acting and everything was fantastic. But I was it was interesting to me that they like made him a father right away to like two pretty old children. Like they were like <laughs> yeah. pushing like they were going on ten. And so we yeah. don't know what age uh Willow's character had them. They as do a it father. early. <laughs>
1: you know, those guys. But and there's some um iconic little people actors in this. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot Billy, of, the, uh, uh Barton. Phil Von D- Von Dicaro, that guy, uh, you might've seen him in, uh, Land of the Dead. It's <laughs> probably not his <laughs> most famous movie. but um, I, I know it and I love it. There's just, it was pretty fun seeing all those actors, like before the movies that I'm more familiar with, uh, mm-hmm. of them being in. Uh, I think Ernest Scared Stupid, one of them is in. <laughs> oh, Nice. Uh so uh, that was just cool and they're all great.
0: Absolutely. And then of course uh jo- 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 Joanne Wally uh s- play so that's the name of the actress who played M- Mad um love interest Sorsha, not to be mixed with Sasha. But uh, <laughs> Or jo- Pasha. Or oh, oh, Pasha or oh, Masha. But that is how they met. Uh and yeah. Got married, which was very, I don't know, if you guys want some oh, old, wow. old gossip, here it is for you, right there. An
1: absolutely beautiful woman.
0: Absolutely beautiful woman yeah. and a beautiful man, guys. So if you want to see a bunch of beautiful people, gotta see Willow.
2: I definitely think they're a good couple, but the uh, their relationship in the movie is probably my personal biggest problem with the movie. Let's talk about it.
1: Let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs>
2: Uh, so when they first meet It's uh, Val Kilmer's Disguised as a woman And uh, Sasha Is trying Sorsha Is trying to right. find uh, The so. baby And she's She's a she's a bad guy um, And like she kicks him And like, like he hates her um, But eventually He gets hit in the face With like a sleeping Or a, a love potion And he kind of Falls in love with her And then it wears off Eventually He's like no I hate her Do I? And then for some reason She's like that character Who's like As soon as a man Says he loves me I start to like Heart grow right. feelings for him just from mm-hmm. that. Like, there's nothing else from her perspective that should make him redeeming to her. Except but that eventually, he's hot. like they just.
0: And I think that yeah, true. maybe true. the I, I was trying to explain it to myself, like what is going on, because I was also overwhelmed slash confused <laughs> uh, at this relationship, and I decided that. They liked each other from the very beginning. And that was just like ah. their courting process. Because yeah, and don't they don't just build... couldn't.
1: They couldn't. They never
2: conceived that they would. That's a good point. It's very like an yeah. like elementary would. school romance.
0: Yeah, well, because they're on opposing teams, right? For the mm-hmm. longest yeah. time. And then the love potion, I think it was just more of the runner and, and jokes that had to be <laughs> the brownies, the little, sure. the little guys, uh, like um, like the little mini um, characters. Use on the green screen, I assume, they shot all that stuff. Yes, um, I think so. Yeah, but it looks al- pretty it, good.
1: It almost feels like it would be stronger if he did do that or, like, got distracted by her and got caught and, like, blamed it on the love dust. Uh, you know, like, know something like that where the <laughs> audience is like, no, bro, we know. And he's like, no, it was the, the love dust. It must have been. But, yeah, I felt that was a very odd moment <laughs> where all of a sudden, like, she, it wasn't so much odd for him, but it felt odd for her. Right.
2: Uh, right. Definitely. And Val Kilmer's acting under the Love Potion, though, is my favorite acting of the whole movie, though. Just the, like the dopey, like, what face? He's yeah. then, like, yeah. It's like Shakespearean a stony, prose.
0: Stony baloney. In, yeah. He's in a second,
2: job. too. Just like yeah. one yes. second <laughs> doing something, then,
1: oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, it's pretty great.
0: Um, and And then, yeah, of course, they end up together. And they end up together in the real world, but not forever until they divorce.
1: <laughs> As is Hollywood
0: as is hollywood guys and we are in hollywood so believe us when we tell you that <laughs> now um what are the other memorable scenes or because i mean there's a very memorable scene to me of a transformation of uh a whole the whole gang into pigs right
2: <laughs> yes because that's
0: huge effects for that time those were like the most groundbreaking i think effects Aside from maybe the So many makeup also.
2: changes. Like, I feel like it must have taken, like, a day or two yeah. to shoot that.
0: Tell us, Jonathan, about and the just sheer number what, of pigs. What is that scene?
2: Uh, so this is near the end of the movie. The, the The good army has arrived at the bad castle. I don't know where the bad army is. They don't really explain why they're not present. <laughs> uh, so the witch, the, the evil queen, Bav comes out and just basically, it's not a problem for her. She just turns the whole army into pigs. Um, But it's a kind of drawn-out scene. Willow protects himself with magic. Uh, The brownies turn into piglets, which I really like. It's kind of Mm, a background thing. You see two piglets. Um, I feel like, though, because of this scene is why Val Kilmer uh, took the role in The Island of Dr. Moreau. He just likes uh, weird pig hybrid people. Mm. (laughs) It's (laughs) funny because, like,
0: shortly after, I was re-watching for research Disenchantment that I had mentioned earlier. Nice. And I was, like, in the second, I think, episode, or maybe in the first one, but I think in the second... One of the characters gets turned into a pig.
2: Uh, Matt Berry's character. Matt
0: Berry's right, guys. We almost talked about Matt Berry in this podcast, which we might (laughs) eventually. Uh, But yeah, for sure. No, it's. I'm like, well, well, I guess that's just a thing that happens all the time. Yeah, in the fantasy world, characters. Yeah, I don't know. It's
2: either frogs or pigs. It seems to be the two big ones.
0: Yeah,
1: I think pigs are so metaphorical for man. You Mm. know.
0: Do you guys That's know that was. Um, Warwick um, was wearing a wig? It's not real hair. It's not his hair. I
2: did not know that. It looks
0: so real. Even that looks a good so wig. real.
1: Well, you can't have like those dog creatures look so good and not your <laughs> wig. <Yeah. laughs> oh, the dog point. creatures
0: were all Rottweilers, I guess, with rubber masks
1: yeah that's so great i mean that looks to me way better than anything you could see nowadays as far as like cgi dog creatures just throw Mm -hmm, a fucking
2: rug on a rottweiler and oh that's actually i just put something together uh because ron howard also directed solo the solo movie and that movie also has two dog creatures that are dogs with like prosthetic helmet masks on Mm
0: -hmm.
1: oh he knows what he's doing he knows what's up
0: with the rubber mask
2: drawn from his experience
1: yeah same
0: dogs (laughs) i I mean those handlers might have must have had a few years uh,
1: that dog would certainly have to be over 20 years old
0: (laughs) guys i just found out that the six month old twins of course who played laura dan 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 danon danan danan the little uh the little baby of course it's twins who played her but they were too young as well to have a full head of hair and they wore wigs.
2: That is less surprising to me. I didn't know that, but that mm-hmm. hair was pretty thick. Which was applied
0: using syrup as normal wig adhesive <laughs> would be too harsh for the baby's skin. And I'm like, oh, that horrible. baby went through a lot. Yeah. I mean, both of them. They're traumatized grown-ups right now. That's they very, are in that jail. Was-
1: To know they're twins is really interesting because I was watching it being like, there's a lot of this baby. And it's <laughs> hard to shoot a baby. Well, not with a gun. It's very easy to do that, but uh, it's hard to shoot one on film.
2: I think this probably is the best baby acting I've ever Absolutely. seen. Absolutely, I can't think of a movie with better baby acting. I, I
0: have no idea what they were doing with those babies. Like, I mean, they were setting up stuff off this off screen that was getting all different, like the whole range of emotions from these babies. I, I, it was it was incredible.
1: What I did notice is uh, a lot of the best baby shots were like super close, so they yes. could have even shot those like. You know, thirty minutes one day of just like, all right, move That's the camera here, here, here there, lighting here and there, and just burn through it, and the rest is a doll in a. a thing. Oh,
0: for yeah. sure, yeah, like. But
2: just the expressiveness, the range of yeah, emotions. Yeah, they, they really baby got was it. very good. Yeah, that baby
0: <laughs> went through a whole gamma of emotions in like ten minutes that they had with it. You know, before it was time to take a four-hour nap. But I'm guessing um, a
1: lot of that is because that shot you can get versus, like, okay, we have to be in this location because you're going to see wait. the back walls and you're going to see me holding the thing and the baby mm-hmm. has to look surprised mm-hmm. in that versus, like, That's a lot. No, <laughs> let's give 20 minutes and if we get the baby looking surprised once, we got it five times <laughs> in the movie.
0: And the, good, di- yeah. good directing. And, uh, you know, it just saves the baby and saves everybody else and saves the cat, if you know what I mean, you guys. that's
1: that is the thing about a good director is is like knowing to do that you know like Mm -hmm. oh this expressive shots of the baby have it punched in that way we can do it we can shoot it in a controlled way it's not just like wouldn't it be cool if the shot was the baby being held on top of the person's head it's like no it's it's not that it's like how you do it
0: so guys to you who's the main character is it willow or really (laughs) is it val kilmer it's
2: like, I mean, I think it is it's Willow, Willow, pretty but, obviously to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has the bigger arc. I understand, but
0: he, he does have, just go back to Jonathan's early comment, like, of <laughs> how passive he is. Like, I don't know if you used the word passive, you said annoying. I think so. Uh, but he is, you know, he's there just to do the function of being the good guy who wants to save the baby and not have, not drive the action as much, right?
2: Yeah. I guess. But I think way. he does near the end. I think, he, I think his character changes and grows. Val Kilmer's does very little, mm-hmm. but Willow goes to be slightly less passive. Like I think at the end when he throws like a rock into the air and it turns into a bird and poops on Burgle Cut's face, you're like, yeah, he's not, he's not going to take crap from Burgle anymore. Like he's going to stand up for himself.
1: Mm. Yeah. And I think he is, um, Maybe when uh, action comes down, he's hiding, but he's the one who's like, well, fuck, we got to go across the river to the island because that's what we have to do with the baby. Like he's making those decisions whether or not it's someone else who once they get to the island is hacking people down. So I think he is like if you took Willow out of it, the baby doesn't go anywhere Mm -hmm. or it doesn't go where it's supposed to go. So to me that's the key of whether he's truly passive or not is if you took him out of the movie does the movie still happen no he was the one who's like now we have to actually have to go there and we have to do it so in that way i think he is the dude
0: now the fact that the main character willow didn't get first billing is apparently common <laughs> and i'm getting it from oh, trivia tab on imdb christopher reeve despite being a title character in superman and superman 2 was billed third after marlon brando and gene hackman sure. mm-hmm. um, um and other main stars that got third billing were martin sheen sheen sheen, sheen. i can't say it sheen. <laughs> in apocalypse now because again of <laughs> brando once again and robert duvall
2: Brando. yeah Brando.
0: and he's <laughs> on char charlie sheen and platoon after tom behringer and william <laughs> defoe so there That's you go so th- th- i guess there's a few uh, movies out there that um because i don't even think of them as a two-hander like oh there's val kilmer and <laughs> willow like was there not really as much interacting there's some point they're interacting together like one-on-one but they're not, like, best buddies. Yet, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's almost like they they're have... are not a tag
2: team. No. It's, like it's a, a Luke kind of, and Han.
0: That's right. We forgot. Yeah, I forgot that we are <sighs> yeah, it's basically... Yeah, it's not
2: Han and Chewie. It's Luke and Han.
0: That's true.
1: Yeah, yes. and then the, the C-3PO D 2 is the <laughs> brownies.
0: Mm.
2: Yes, for sure. Perfect. And My favorite gag in the whole film uh, is at the very end when one of the brownies takes his hat off. And, and he reveals he's bald. And the hair was just part yeah. of the hat. And the other brain is oh, just a good wow. double take. And that's the whole bit. And I, I laugh so hard every time I see that.
0: <laughs> Which is pretty great. Is there any mo- other moments in the movie? Because we you know, we, we are kind of gushing here about this film. Did you guys notice that we're kind of gushing a lot? Like, I
1: really loved it. I mean, I know. I I mean, we're, we're we talk nearing. about it every episode of how we're not supposed to show our feelings.
0: But we do. We're gushing really us, hard. And I wonder if there's anything else we need to talk about. Before we get so, into the actual ratings, like what are we missing here?
2: Yeah, one thing. There's two. There's two moments that I like, uh, ironically, mm-hmm. which is to say, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really like wow. them. Uh, <laughs> one I think is a little more so objective. Of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the very end uh, with the final fight, you have Sor- you have Bav Morda in the room, you have Willow in the room. Um, Finn Roselle, now an old, in the form of an old woman, is in the room, and she does this thing with her wand where she causes Beth Moore to, like, levitate into the air and just cuts to her, like, whipping her wand around, like, kind of spastically, mm-hmm. and it cuts to, like, a doll just, like, bouncing around, like, <laughs> like being shook around, like, in a box with the ceiling, and it's the cheesiest effect in the whole movie, and I, I, I kind of like it, but it's definitely a, a bit of a groaner.
0: <laughs> Did you say there were two moments.
2: Yes. So the other moment isn't so much a moment, but yeah. the entire the, whole movie. <laughs> the entire uh, castle fight scene where Val Kilmer like fights the army by himself mm-hmm. yeah. is a little it's like it's like home alone in a castle, I guess. It's yeah. like, I don't it's I love it that stretches credulity. <laughs> I love I love that so much.
0: Okay, I want to hear from both of you. One of you is annoyed by that and Joe loves it. Well, so let's start with Jonathan. What's going on there? I mean I don't say
2: I'm annoyed by it. I just think in it's like Valkan was supposed to be this great swordsman. Like he's better than anybody else, and we saw that in the snow fight. But here he's—it's—it's it's a whole other level where he's like, uh, like hitting, standing behind a barrel, holding off twenty guys with a crossbow. He's like hiding behind bales of hay, jumping out with two crossbows, like dude catapults. It's funny. It's just like now it's more, uh, you know, it's hard for me to. Like justify. It's not it's not realistic anymore. Ah, as as and realism is what
0: you were there for to <laughs> yeah. TV, to be as realistic <laughs> It's a little more goofy. Okay. But
2: I mean I, I do like it, it's just goofier.
0: More homeloney
2: Yeah, exactly. Home baloney.
0: And you and you love it, Joe. You, this is exactly why you love that scene, isn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah. I think you build this guy up that he's like he is that dude and then he totally is. He makes all these traps. It makes what should be a very like possibly boring fight scene Mm -hmm. an unfeasible fight scene it makes it like okay this makes sense that he could take on all these these dudes um so i thought it was super fun and i like anything that's home alone-esque that (laughs) i will always sign up for that um yeah the fact that like they they should be overtaken so easily (laughs) but they're not (laughs) And for the battle to be as long as it is and sustain itself, I'm like, okay, this is good.
2: <laughs> That's a good point. I'd say because that fi- that fight is not the final fight, but it is more interesting than the final fight and more fun. I think. Yeah, the
1: final fight is in the in the um, ceremony room. That
2: one, the kind of fight going around outside of that. Like where they're sieging, like dumping oil on people and like, shooting arrows. Oh, okay. and it's like a huge mm, fight mm-hmm. in the courtyard. That one's a little... It's not bad, but it's a little it's It was boring. disorienting. It, was it
0: wasn't like very spatially like um, yeah. easy to follow, right? The action is like... most important thing about any action sequence is like, can we follow the action? Like, Or do we know where <laughs> the characters are in the space? And I, th- I think... It's very the, chaotic. The, yeah, the exterior one wasn't as um, taken care of in that respect. Guys, is there anything yeah. else we need to mention before we get to the very heart of what Shut Up, I Love It is all about? The scales. The scales.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or do you want to save it for uh, when you tell me how you feel about the scales? <laughs> what
2: do you um, think? I think most people who, who are like into this movie probably know this trivia, but a bit of trivia that I like... Uh, that two-headed thing that grows mm-hmm. is called an eborcisk, mm-hmm. and it's named after uh, Siskel and Ebert. Oh, that's amazing!
0: That's <laughs> right. Oh my God, that is amazing. I'm into that. Wow! And of course, this and apparently, go ahead.
2: Uh, General Kale is supposed to be named after another reviewer, like Patty Kale or something. But I didn't. It wasn't as famous to me, so I didn't know that one.
0: And of course, also like the fact that um, this movie was written for Warwick. Like, that's a huge deal. Mm. Like, I mean, he's a young yeah. kid, right? He's 17 years old, which, again, we make, they make him look at least 10 years uh, older than that. Totally. Uh, but the f- fact that, like, he met George Lucas on Star Wars, um, the first one, was it the first Star Wars movie? The um, third
2: one, uh, Return of the Jedi. All
0: right, there you go. Like, he met him to, to play a small part. He was prom- he was uh, upped to play a bigger part in Ewok, right?
2: He he was not Ewok. It's a lineless role. He just kind of does a lot of. But I mean, stuff. like, he, I guess he's he, twelve at
0: the time. Yeah, I guess so. I guess he went from background to playing uh, like a more or less tiny, memorable role in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's he he's the
2: big Ewok or
1: like the you know the the, the most, most famous one. Ewok.
0: And so, and then he makes his impression on George Lucas, who is like God at this point already, right? And <laughs> yeah, he yeah makes this is the third film.
1: You know, this is the yeah, it's already it.
0: And then, and then George Lucas writes, like, he creates this franchise for him specifically. And, um, I don't know, guys, we're going to get to this, but it's a shame that this movie didn't take off, like, Star Wars, you know. Um, so let's just get to the scale. I'll start. I'll start, you guys. Um, you know, I can't say that I'm, like, an insane Star Wars fan that, like, just, like, can't get enough Star Wars. Like, I respect, I get it, but it's, like, America, Relax. (laughs) Um, so, um, instead, I'm gonna take a movie that did create a lot of impression on me. It was very, I was very impression, impressionistic kid. Impressionable. Impressionable. I was an impressionable kid. And the movie that I loved absolutely so much when I was little was, um, never ending story the never ending story and uh, I don't know I mean I don't know if it's the best parallel because obviously never ending story takes place both in the real you know world uh, modern day ish uh, and the fantasy world Uh, and Willow doesn't it takes place completely in the fantasy world but it has the same feel and I think they're like in the same few years apart that were made Um, and I'm gonna say that Never Ending Story, I saw it a few times when I was little. And then I rewatched it, like, a few years ago as an adult. And I felt like it It didn't hold... It held up okay. Like, it, it held up, like, medium. Medium mm. holding up. Like, it wasn't like, oh, my God, it's, like, as amazing as I remember it. But it wasn't like, Jesus, like, what was I into? Of course, like, it's classic. And I'd say, I'd say that if... The never-ending story is an eight. Willow, for me, and again, I'm talking from, like, adult Sasha perspective, of course. Um, Willow, for me, would be a seven. I liked Willow a lot. I I didn't love it so Mm. much that I couldn't get enough of it. Like, I don't know if I would ever, in my lifespan, would watch it again. Maybe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what a lifespan of mine. Uh, But I, I don't... I think I, I liked it a lot. I freaking love Val Kilmer. I thought he was super hot. Thought that uh Willow Warwick Warwick was awesome and he was just like an adorable teenager doing an amazing acting job here. And uh and that's it kinda like I walk away from it happy and satisfied and I'm not gonna write home about it. So seven it is.
1: Seven under never ending story.
0: <laughs> right, just just <laughs> under. Cause there's no flying like weird dog in this film. That's the problem.
1: True. That is a big, that's a big get.
0: That's a big get. What about you, Joe? All
1: right. So I think I'll go the straightforward saying Lord of the Rings, the first Lord of the Rings film. Uh, I'll, I'll say that's a 10. I love that movie. I
0: loved, I love that shit.
1: Love it a lot. Willow is, it is a Lord of the Rings ripoff. Right, it is, which wasn't a problem in nineteen eighty eight because we had we only had the it animated have, Hobbit, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a very interesting, good, but not the same itch. <laughs> so where does this movie land? It's a ten, baby. <gasps> oh.
0: I was I was <laughs> suspected you're gonna blow it in our face like that. And be like, yes, it is just as good, even though it's a ripoff. It is.
1: I would watch it again. I think there are at least three to four sequences that are super fun to watch, which for me, it's like the movies I rewatch and that I really love, they have at least like three to four moments that you're like, you know what? If this movie's on and even if I'm not paying attention to it, I'm going to be looking forward to these different moments and want to watch those. And this movie has those. It has so, so much of that. I I loved it. Ten out of ten. I, I, That's
0: awesome. Wow. Um, let's see if Jonathan can match the enthusiasm <laughs> of Joe's. What does your scale look like?
2: Uh, man. Um. So I I Lord of the Rings is a good comparison because it is a ripoff. I compare it more to Princess Bride because I feel like. Uh, Lord of the Rings has almost no, like, levity to it. It's very straightforward, mm. and both Princess Bride and Willow have, like, jokes in them. Like, they have comic relief. Um, so I give, I mean, prin- I don't think Princess Bride is a perfect movie. You could make a better movie, but it is, like, the best movie of its <laughs> a kind. So I'm going to give it a 10 and put it at a 10 just to make the scale simple. So I give Willow, like, a 9. So I don't Ooh. give it a ten, Ooh. but I have seen Willow more than Lord of the Rings or Princess Bride, so Combined? it's just an easy to watch. It's like a comfort movie. It's so mm-hmm. uh, easy to just consume.
0: And can I just say also, like for screenwriting purposes, would you would you say Joe? Like it's perfect. Like like in terms of like how story breaks, like the moments, yeah, how the act uh, breaks are, and like what the midpoint is, how incredibly impactful this midpoint and how it just takes this movie on the story on its, you know, uh, supercharged course. um, After that point, I I think that is a great study in itself for screenwriting. Yeah.
1: And main character having an arc and something to overcome. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of like the, it's a lot of a style of um, screenwriting specifically and just storytelling that people are a little like sick of just like the hero's journey quest
0: not me thing, it's fair,
1: but uh, yeah, like just Joseph Campbell yeah um, I don't think people are totally sick of, of it but there has to be a lot of like seasoning on it um, but that being said it's no reason to disparage it it's like no this is just like solid storytelling.
0: And we don't expect any seasoning because it was made in 1980s, right? But like, it has tons of seasoning.
1: There. It has dogs with tons uh, of seasoning
0: dude. on their <laughs> bodies. had those dogs. And if you make them fly, you might have just gotten like a nine or an eight from me. Like I was going to say, say there's, no,
2: there's no twists in this movie. But I kind of feel like there's two like Chekhovian things. Like there's the Chekhov acorns that turn stuff into stone. It's Like, oh, there's three of these. They're mm, going right? to come back and do a thing. And they do. But there's also the Chekhov's pig trick. Where like you don't think that pig is yes. gonna come back to make a thing, and it totally does. Yeah, I that actually, is amazing,
0: guys. I knew the pig trick was gonna come back. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't so know what exactly <laughs> they were gonna do with the um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the stone thing. I didn't know what they were gonna do with like throwing the stone. So actually, that was like I was like. I wasn't. I wasn't sure what they were gonna do, and I think I got surprised. If I remember right, I think
2: they kind of fumbled that one because they're like you see him drop one, and it turns a plank into stone. But there was supposed to be a scene earlier on the lake where he fights like a lamprey boy, and he turns that. Into a stone right. thing to get rid of it. And so they just kind of do- dropped that.
0: But I think the, the point is that the, um, his mentor, his sensei from the village is not as good as what Willow has become, right? Because the protection mm, he gave yeah. him barely works on the evil. Yeah, it wasn't for the bird. Queen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But queen. Um, yeah. But I knew the little trick was going to come back with the pig, you guys. So um, <laughs> that was. But well, it's great. Um, so, wow, Willow. We did it, guys. We talked about Willow. Thank you, Jonathan, for coming on to talk about Willow.
2: Thanks for having me. I definitely will go into future households more confident than ever before to make them watch Willow. As
0: soon as they let you you specifically go back to the households, please do (laughs) just that. (laughs) Um, Jonathan, do you have anything, um, social media presence or anything else you want to tell our audience about?
2: Um, the only thing worth mentioning is I have a YouTube channel, which is how I feel productive while playing video games, as I just record myself doing that and putting those up. That way it's not a waste of time to do video games. <laughs> oh, uh, <really>. But <laughs> lately it's been more sketches than anything else. That's... That actually feels productive.
0: That's amazing. Um, Joe, And what what's about that? You? Did you oh. mention the
2: name? Oh, right. I didn't even say the name of it. <laughs> 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 um, the channel's called... It's, uh, ham nur. The second uh. M is actually an N. It's like this... Oh, it's so long wow. ago it's a portmanteau of hammer, which is Gandalf's sword and there's an, there was a book a Star Wars book with a Jedi can named Jedi Kenth Hamner he's no longer canon but i, I combined them to make the youtube to okay. make everyone confused. I'm cool I swear uh. Jonathan <laughs> is nerding
0: out here but what I'll do for y'all listeners I'll put the actual link to his YouTube channel in the description of the podcast so you can actually click click on it and get there without (laughs) listening to this ramble trying to spell joe what's going (laughs) on with you
1: check it out the patreon patreon.com slash joe cabello you sign up at any level right now you'll get the 31 page issue of Bottoms Up Hard Liquor, a horror comedy comic, and there's tons of other stuff on there. I'm releasing a mini comic this month for patrons nice. uh, that is not related to the Bottoms Up or any of those stories that I'm very excited about. So check it out.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again, Joe, for hosting with me. Thank you, Jonathan, for coming on to this podcast. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute for your amazing artwork. Thank you, Bri Walker, for this track. And thank you, Val Kilmer, for listening.